Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, Diana King is on the show, and we're talking all about taking control of your financial situation. You might know Diana through her blog name, Money Boss Mama. She's a coach for single women, and she helps single women maximize their income using simple behavior-based strategies. She's really amazing, and I was so inspired by her story, so as soon as I found out about her, I invited her onto the show for an interview. As a single mom, she paid off over $34,000 in debt and learned how to experience more financial freedom, and now she's living completely debt-free, saving 30% of her income, and building wealth as a single mom of two. And so I really wanted to have her share her experience just as a regular person like any of us on how she was able to overcome those mindset blocks she experienced and really learn to have a good relationship with money. And so that's what we'll talk a lot about. You'll hear talk about how important mindset is when it comes to managing your money. And even if you're not single, I hope that you'll listen to this episode because I think the mindset shifts and the tips that she has to share will still be helpful to you and apply um, and be something that you can share with your partner as well. All right, let's go ahead and get into the episode. Hey y'all, I'm Maya Palmer, a brand and website designer who empowers nonprofits and small businesses to meet their growth goals and your host for the Life Beyond Business podcast. My own questions about genuine community and leadership in the entrepreneur space inspired me to create this podcast so that we can learn together. In our online business world, it's so easy to let comparison, competition, and the daily hustle keep us from truly getting to know each other as real people outside of entrepreneurship. So I'm sharing my experiences and sitting down with leaders I admire to chat about what they're learning in life and how those lessons have impacted their businesses. Here, you'll learn about life and business from a fresh, relatable perspective that typical how-to content doesn't offer. Let's explore how you can lead an intentional life, grow your business, and make a positive impact while you're at it. From lighthearted conversations to opening up about our struggles, each episode honors our unique life experiences. Ready to be inspired? Come join the conversation. I saved you a seat. Hey, Diana, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hi, thank you for having me. So I was so inspired by your story, and I think it's just such a such a powerful example of resilience. And so will you tell everyone how your journey has begun, how you became debt-free and are now a coach helping other women? Yes, definitely. So my journey began kind of on accident. My first debt was an auto loan. So I wanted the new car. I did not want my hoopty anymore. Uh, I was 18. I am a Sonic car hop. So I'm like, I'm making money and I deserve a new car. Now, mind you, I did not know anything about interest rates. I Mm. did not know anything about the financial side of going into an auto loan, credit score, any of that. And so I got landed with a really high interest rate and a really high car payment that did not look as high because of the way that they break it down. So they're like, it's going to be, you know, 400 and something dollars. And Mm -hmm. that's only going to be for, it was like 36 months. And I'm like, oh, oh, 36 months. Like, you know, I could do that. That's not a a lot of time. Not realizing that that's 
that's a lot of time. I think I signed for like three, four years. Some mm-hmm. It was a while. And so slowly I started realizing that this auto loan is taking up one of my paychecks a month. Yeah. Um, and it continued to take up one of my paychecks every single month, even into motherhood. So I had I was in college. I was only able to hold down part-time jobs. And so mm-hmm. it became really detrimental to my financial health, like me just trying to live life. And mm-hmm. so I'm a Google person. So I get on Google and I'm researching, you know, how do I lower this auto loan? And, you know, when you get on Google, you kind of go down this rabbit hole, you see (laughs) words. It's like talking about, you know, interest. I'm like, so what is interest? And then it's talking about principal balance. I'm talking about principal balance. And unknowingly, I was learning all of these things um, and then also learning how to increase my credit score because it talked about refinancing. And Mm -hmm. so- even though I did not know what the heck I was doing, I at least knew that I did not want an, a voluntary repo on my credit report. Yeah. And so as I'm learning about all of these things, um, it thrust me into the world of personal finance. And when I first started, since I am, you know, I'm a single person, I'm unwed, I have a child, I am a young black woman, and not a lot of people in the space looked like me. And so mm-hmm. I started a blog just sharing what I'm learning. Like I'm learning, I don't see this anywhere else, especially directed towards people like me. And then it just kind of gained traction and it eventually evolved into Money Boss Mama. That's awesome. I love that Are you... Once you realize like, hey, I don't want this taking up so much of my paycheck anymore, Mm -hmm. you got on Google and you figured out what you could do about it and really problem solved your way through it. I think that's such a powerful lesson just in itself, because I think sometimes we get stuck and we're like, okay, what what do I do next? But you really didn't overcomplicate it, but kind of just found your next steps. Yeah, that's me. I'm a very people don't realize I'm I keep saying all the time, I am such a simple person. When I'm on podcasts, I am on Google, like searching up big words that they ask me just to make sure that I'm understanding what they're saying. So I'm definitely like, if I can do it, I know that anyone else out there can do it as well. Yeah, that's so awesome. Okay, there's a part on your website that I really love. So I actually want to quote it here on the podcast and have you expand on it. But it was on your about page. And you said, Your debt doesn't define you. Your income doesn't define you. They're both just temporary circumstances. And once you make the decision to overcome them and stand in gorilla glue faith that you will, then you will. Yeah. So that was important for me to put up there because I know Mm -hmm. that there are so many people, especially women, that tend to make their financial situation mean something about them. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm in debt. So this means that I'm done with money or Mm -hmm. I don't have anything in savings. So this means that I'm not, you know, I'm not a good saver and I'm not responsible financially. And we internalize that as I'm, I'm not worthy of anything Mm -hmm. different because I don't have these things. Um, And instead I encourage everyone to just see your current financial situation as a, a, temporary circumstance because it is Mm -hmm. debt is temporary 
as long as you want it to be temporary. You know, Mm -hmm. no savings, that's temporary. As long as you want that to be temporary. I like to go through life thinking that everything is figure outable. Mm -hmm. And if you are standing in faith in regards to your abilities, then I believe that you can you can change any circumstance or situation that you're in right now. If you start off with with nothing, if you start off with a low income, if you start off with five dollars in savings, that's just your starting point. And you have to realize that that doesn't look it's not going to look anything like, you know, your end result. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's uh, something really important for everybody listening to here because I totally agree with you that a big part of it is just your mindset. Mm-hmm. And I'm a recent college grad, so I graduated with student loans. And so I'm like, okay, I have to figure out like what all this paperwork means and how I'm going to repay it. But, you know, first just changing my mindset to like, okay, I can figure this out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can learn how to manage my money better. And wanting that really helped me too. So I know we talked about the life experiences that kind of got you on this track to learning more about personal finance and then becoming a coach. But I'd also love to know, just in general, what's one life experience that's shaped you as a leader and what you value today? And it can be anything you want to share, big or small. Um, And it's one life experience, but it's also a combination of things that have led me to become a leader, especially in this space. And it was when I became a mom. Like I Mm -hmm. had no idea what I was going to be faced with. Um, Mm -hmm. And becoming a mom, being low income, not having a lot of financial literacy, and also having a debt that's taking up half of your income, um, you kind of feel hopeless. You feel hopeless. And a lot of times when we feel hopeless, like we just want to throw our hands up um, and kind of give into our our situation, our circumstances, because we don't see any way out. Um, And I remember I've always been very, um, I'll say headstrong. My mom Mm -hmm. says hard headed, but I'll say headstrong (laughs) because I hate asking for things. And that's because Mm -hmm. of just experiences that I've had where I felt like a burden if I'm asking for things. Um, But Mm -hmm. I had to swallow my pride when I became a mother because I needed diapers and I did not have anything to Mm -hmm. purchase diapers for my daughter. I did not know that my maternity leave was unpaid. And so I had to break myself down and ask for help. So I asked two people for help purchasing diapers and they told me they they didn't have it. And mm-hmm. I, that was a defining moment in my life because that is when I realized that hey, everything is on me. Mm-hmm. I am the head of my family, my little family now, my two-person family, and everything is on me. So am I just going to sit down and let life beat me up or am I going to stand up and find a way, you know, to make this work? I literally have a decision. I cannot mm-hmm. take back certain things that have happened. Um, I'm not going to have full control of every situation or circumstance, but I always will have full control over how I react to these things, over the decision um, in regards to how I am approaching these things. What is my response going to be? 
And I decided that my response was going to be, I was going to get up and I was going to fight back. And so I became head of household in my mind from that Mm -hmm. moment on, because I realized that it's not anyone else's responsibility, but mine to make sure that me and my child were taken care of financially. Everything that you just said is so powerful. And I think um, a lot of people listening will be able to relate to that. And especially as women, you know, it could be hard to ask for help. But Mm -hmm. then at the same point, when you find yourself in those situations where you're like, okay, this really is on me. I might not be able to rely on somebody else. But I love how you were able to say, no, I'm strong. I can do this. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. And this question kind of goes with that, but a lot of managing your finances has to do with mindset, like we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. And so as you're coaching people, what are some of the common mindset obstacles that you see them facing? I will say that um, surprisingly, the biggest one was just a lack of belief in Mm -hmm. regards to worthiness. And so I find that for a lot of the women that I come across, their lack of ability to stay consistent with Mm -hmm. improving their finances is often due to a a lack of belief that they are worthy of whatever it is that they say that they're trying to achieve. And so they have these goals of, you know, having a fully funded emergency fund and Mm -hmm. paying off debt, but mentally they're in a space where they're like, I can't do this. I don't deserve this. This this Mm -hmm. is possible for other people, but it's not possible for me. And so there's a disconnect between Mm -hmm. where they are mentally and the goals that they have. And mindset is such a huge thing, especially when it comes to finances. And Mm -hmm. so they'll self-sabotage. You tend to self-sabotage when you're not really standing 10 toes behind what you say that you want to achieve. So that Mm -hmm. was something that um, I found was really constant in every client that I had, actually. Every client that Mm -hmm. I had um, has this underlying fear that they are not worthy. And I feel like there's there's also a a lack of, I will say, Mm self-awareness. Oftentimes, our experiences and our upbringing, pretty much all the time, it's going to affect who you become as an adult. And oftentimes, if you're not introspective and you don't take the time to go back to really revisiting your your childhood and your adolescence, you're managing your money in a way um, that aligns with those things that you have observed. And so, if mm-hmm. you grew up in a household where um, there were um, emotional spenders, mm-hmm. then oftentimes you manage your money um, through emotional spending. So you're making impulse purchases. And if you grew up in a household where there's a lot of lack, then you may manage your money in a way where the focus is solely on money. And if you don't have a lot of money or you're not in a situation where you're really thriving financially, you make that mean something about you and that affects your ability to truly progress. Mm -hmm. And so it's extremely important to not disregard the effects that 
your childhood and your adolescence has had on you. And the only way to truly take back power and authority over how you manage your money is to go back Take a trip down memory lane and really pinpoint, you know, where your beliefs about money stemmed from. And that was so much good stuff uh, packed into your answer there. Uh, so the first thing you said was just about how there's that disconnect, you know, just because you have the goal on paper mm-hmm. um, doesn't necessarily mean that your mind is already there and that can kind of cause us to self-sabotage. I think that's really powerful. And then, like you said, the self-awareness. And I think it takes self-awareness to even realize when we're self-sabotaging. But then Mm -hmm. also, like you said, uh, knowing how our upbringings affect us and uh, our relationship with money. And I know I saw when I was on your website that you have one of Elizabeth McCravey's templates. Yes. And um, she's actually one of my business mentors and I'm in her course and group coaching program. And so one of the first things she had us do was write down a money story about uh, our childhood and like upbringings. Like what were the first things we were taught about money? What did we see growing up and how does that affect us in our business? But I think mm-hmm. like you said, it affects us in our personal life too. Yeah. So because money plays such a huge role in our life, it's going to trickle down into so many areas of our life. And also one thing um, that I think it's it's very important to mention is that over 95 percent of my clients were when we're in therapy. Mm-hmm. And so I think that goes to show that uh, the way you manage your money, um, oftentimes in the personal finance space, we say it's 80% behavior and, and 20% knowledge. I think it's more behavior mm-hmm. even than that. I would say at least 95% behavior and 5% knowledge, because if you can really get a handle on your mindset and your mm-hmm. fears and your limiting beliefs and your just your money story in general you can figure out a way to get to your goals. Yeah, I guess that makes sense because like you were just saying, you know, having the knowledge is one thing, but whether or not you're going to act according to what you know has a lot to do with your behavior and your emotions and stuff. Yes, we can know better, but that doesn't mean you're going to do better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's always the tough thing to work through. And this next question is, related, but I wanted to talk to you more about what um, your students are putting into practice when it comes to money management. And I know that one part of it is budgeting, and that Mm -hmm. can be something that we often feel is icky or like we don't want to stick to a budget or too hard. So what advice do you have or like uh, maybe a perspective shift that you can offer anyone listening who feels like they don't want to budget or they can't budget? I would say don't even see it as a budget. See it as a spending plan. You are Mm -hmm. just making a plan for how you're going to spend your money. I think when we say budget, people automatically go to um, something that's restricting, something Mm -hmm. that's hard. They're not ever going to be able to have any fun. You know, you'll tell someone you're on a budget and they're like, oh, you don't allow yourself to have any fun. But that's Mm -hmm. absolutely not true. And I think to break through those barriers, you have to change your perception on how you view budgeting. I Mm -hmm. find that when I say spending plan, people are more like they receive it better, you know? 
Mm-hmm. And so I always like to tell my clients that you have to incorporate your behavior, how you naturally behave into your spending plan. Because if you are someone and you know you like to eat out a lot, if you go cold turkey and cut it out, you're going to view that budget as restricting. And if something is restricting and you don't like it, you're not going to stick with it because there's mm-hmm. no incentive for you to even continue going on. It makes you miserable. Um, mm-hmm. You have to take what you enjoy, what you value, and and put that into your spending plan. So it's totally mm-hmm. fine to have an amount set aside for you know, eating out, dining out. It's totally fine to have an amount set aside for going to get your hair done, your nails done, your lashes done. You just have to realize that you have to do it in moderation. You Mm -hmm. have to make sure that your expenses fit within your income. It's like Mm -hmm. a big math problem. You're throwing everything that you want and then you go through and make it fit within your income, but also Mm -hmm. making sure that you're hitting your goals on time as well. And if you can find that happy medium, then you're going to be more willing to stick to the budget. Yeah, that's such good advice because I think you're right. A lot of it, um, like kind of the resistance that I've um, seen in myself and other people when it comes to budgeting, I think is like if it feels too restrictive or like you're not going to be able to have any fun, then you kind of like next the next time you want to do something fun, then you just kind of forget about the budget, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> You got to be realistic. Yeah. So call it a spending plan. I'll definitely put that in the show notes. <laughs> and then I have, I thought of another question while you were talking, uh, if you're up for it. Uh, so when you first started learning about money, did you have any favorite business books that you read or any resources like that? So I will say when I first started learning about money, I did not know the personal finance community existed. <laughs> Uh, I did not know that it existed, but I will say that the first person that I came across was Dave Ramsey. Now, I don't know too much about the ins and outs of Dave Ramsey, but Mm -hmm. I did know like his first few baby steps. And Mm -hmm. to me, it made sense. And I actually followed them. I did personalize them, which I think is Mm -hmm. extremely important. Whatever you come across, you have to know like, your situation is unique. You have to approach these tips like your situation Mm -hmm. is unique. You can't just copy and paste and expect it to work for your life. But Dave Ramsey was the first person that I came across. And I think that that was pretty much the only the only person for a few years before I learned about the community on Instagram. Yeah, I think that's really, really good advice. Well, what you just said, like no matter who you decide to listen to, don't just uh, copy and paste. Make sure you personalize mm-hmm. the advice for your unique situation. So important. Okay, so I have one last question for you. And this is usually the hardest question for people, but for some people it's easy, but you could take some time to think about it if you want. But what's one thing that you wish people knew about you that might not be obvious from your Instagram feed? Hmm. I would think, well, I think people would be very shocked to know I'm extremely introverted. So introverted. I ate lunch in the bathroom for a few months Mm -hmm. in the sixth grade because I just could not bear the thought of speaking to people and making friends. And I would have never expected me to be speaking to thousands of women 
a day when I could barely stomach, you know, speaking to one person uh, back when I was in my youth. But I think Mm -hmm. that um, taking that, that helped propel me in this space because Mm -hmm. I was oft, I often spoke through written words. So uh, Mm -hmm. because I would not speak, they would actually call my mom and be like, you know how people call your parents and they're like, your child will not be quiet in class. So they would call my mom and they're like, she's not talking. They would call her because I wasn't talking. Mm-hmm. But I talked through my, um, I talked through writing and I pursued writing and actually got my degree in writing. Um, and that mm-hmm. landed me to put in the degree and my interest um, in personal finance together, making the blog, which mm-hmm. obviously created Money Boss Mama. So I think that would be something people would be shocked to hear. Yeah, I, actually, um it's funny because sometimes, you know, like when I'm interviewing people, I'll sit down with someone who seems more outgoing and they'll say that they're introverted, but I'm actually an introvert too. <laughs> and so I could definitely relate to the having an easier time writing than talking. And so uh, that's really awesome that it helped you with your blog later on in life. Funny how things work. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I mean, we packed so much good takeaways into just such a short time. So I think that's amazing. And I hope everybody is taking notes as they're listening to you. Will you let everybody know how they can connect with you further? Yeah, um, you can follow me on Instagram at moneybossmama. Um, You can follow my blog at moneybossmama.com and also my YouTube channel, which has recently changed to Diana, D-Y-A-N-A Marie. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Diana. This has been awesome talking to you. Thank you for having me. Wow, that was good stuff, right? To keep the inspiration coming, hit play on another episode. For show notes and links mentioned, head to myapalmerdesigns.com slash podcast. Thanks for being here.